ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of Bad Thought Therapy. I cannot start off without saying thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in today. And if you've tuned in in the past, I truly appreciate it. So um, I hope you don't hear a lot of background noise. My neighbors are doing some work, I think, outside. But I just wanted to do a short episode on solutions. And I decided to title this episode, The Answers Are Inside of You. The Answers in You. The Solutions Are in You. Now, when I do podcasts, I'm, I'm usually inspired by something I have personally experienced or I've seen or heard and it resonated with me. And I recently, you know, I always talk about business and the customers that I meet because I meet a lot of fascinating people. Um, And some of them want to do a podcast. Some of them don't, but I try to, you know, I always try to encourage them to talk to me and record that conversation. But a woman came to my um, business last week, beautiful woman, energetic, and I don't know how we got on the conversation, but she basically started talking about critical race theory and how they, and she kept using the word, they won't do this and they don't want that and blah, blah, blah. And I listened patiently, but before she left my table, I reminded her that we have to teach whatever it is we want people to know. And we have to be the agents of change, that the solutions are within us. And if we're walking around, and this is with anything, just in general, in your life, I'm so glad I learned this a long time ago, but I really wish I had learned it earlier. I learned that leadership is not a position. It is not a title, it is action. And I learned that when I was in graduate school working on an advanced degree, and we had to read this book called The Eighth Habit by Dr. Stephen R. Covey, the late Dr. Covey. And you know, his most famous book was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which I read, I don't know what, 15, 20 years after it came out, but but if you have not read that book, I strongly recommend you reading The Seven Habits of highly effective people written by um, Dr. Stephen R. Covey. Well, this graduate, this class that I had degree that I was working on, uh, my EDS, uh, Educational Specialist degree, we had to read The Eighth Habit. That was one of the many books that we had to read. And from that book, if you looked at a resume, if you looked at my professional resume, you would see how my entire life changed from reading that one book. Um, we had to read it for class, but I remember ordering the CDs and playing them in my car on the way to work. I, I listened to it over and over again. In fact, I need to do a refresher because it is a reminder of the power that we have that often we don't use because we're expecting somebody else to solve the problem or somebody else to do it or we're waiting to have this certain position or certain title. And I know for me at the time, I was a teacher, I was a world language teacher, and I was concerned that world language students were not celebrated in the same way or were not recognized as, you know, advanced science students or social studies, because science and social studies and math, they always had some kind of affair. And world language students, if we had something 
it wasn't on the same level. You know, there were things, and I don't want to knock anybody down, but there were things that, you know, events that happened, but the kids might have gotten a little medal or a paper certificate. And I wanted it to be bigger than that. I wanted kids to get money. I wanted to get trophies. I wanted it to be on the level of the science fair. So I created something. Now, prior to that, I was waiting or hoping that I would have the opportunity to be in a leadership, quote unquote, position, that I would have the title. When I read The Eighth Habit and I learned about the power and the solutions were in me, I began to just create what I wanted to see happen. And going back to critical race theory, just like I told this beautiful sister, I was like, you know, a class can be taught anywhere. If it's not taught in school, we, we're so focused on race and history being taught in schools, which is our, our energy needs to be redirected because it is absolute. I can't say it's a waste of time, but it's, it's just to me unreasonable to expect someone else to teach your own history. There are churches on every corner. There are homes, there are community centers, um, anywhere a person wants to teach a class, they can set up a teacher class. Nobody can stop them from teaching a class. They can, they can do it in their house. They can do it in a, a public library to have a class and you, you know, you teach her. And I was telling her that I believe in teaching the biography. And then through the biography, you teach all these other different subjects and what children learn, because I was a teacher for 31 years, they learn about these other people and it lets them know what is possible for themselves. And they learn about resilience because every single person who has ever done something significant had to work really, really hard. They had to overcome challenges. They had to face opposition, all of those good life skills. And one of the best ways that we can teach that is by teaching the biography. And then you connect it to, you know, science, math, social studies, or whatever, politics. And so at the end of that, at the end of that conversation with this lady, she kept trying to talk about they and them. And I just gently tried to steer her back to you, we, and I. We have the solutions within us. And what it takes is for us to sit down and think it through. Think, pray, and listen. We must think it through, pray, and listen. And I know, and I've been there in my life so many times when you're in survival mode and you're moving and you just don't feel like you have the time to really pause and think it through. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, if I had sat down and I had really tried to think some things through and prayed and asked God, what should I do or not do or where should I go and not go? I, I, there were some things that I could have avoided, some mistakes, some unnecessary pain, some loss that I experienced that I might have been able to evade if I had just thought it through and sat down and got quiet and talked to God. And so often when we're in this sort of survival mode and we're moving and we, we think, well, we don't have time to pause, but you better pause. You better pause and you better think it through because when you, when you do things based on emotions, based on excitement, based on fear, all of these are emotions, you will not get the same results that you would get 
if you sat down and you thought, thought it through and you got clarity and you got answers because the answers are within us. Do not let anyone tell you that you're dependent upon somebody else or something else to have the things that you feel that you need to have and you want to have. The solutions are you. You have to make it happen. And I'm going to tell you why most people don't do that. Because this is not easy to do. It is harder for us to have to generate the solutions ourselves and take the action to manifest whatever we want to see happen. So going back to critical race theory, for example, you know, people keep talking about all these laws and they don't want it in schools, you know, and I'm just, I marvel at the people wanting someone else to teach them their history. I just marvel at us, I'm black, and and I marvel at the fact that black people want other people, other races of people to teach their history. And I cannot see the logic in that. We have enough people, enough academics, enough authors, um, historians, you know, intellectuals, whatever they want to call themselves. We have enough people to teach it. If it is taught in the right way by us, and I say the right way because there's a wrong way and a right way to teach this stuff. If it's taught in the right way, it will have the impact that it needs to have. Every individual group, both collectively and as individuals, they need to know their own history. And no one else needs to teach it for them. It'd be nice if someone could teach it. But if that's not going to happen, we don't need to sit around and protest or complain. What we need to do is do it ourselves. And we need to learn that lesson that the answers and the solutions are within ourselves. And it's not that complex. You know, it's as simple as I'm going to go rent the space at the public library and I'm going to start with one person. I'm going to get some materials together and I'm going to invite some people out. And it could be three students in there and you could teach that class. And then if you do a good job and you make it again, you have to teach this stuff the right way or you have to do whatever it is you're trying to do. If you do it in the right way, it'll it'll create a momentum. It will get other people involved. If other people will see your example. Someone is always looking. And if you teach it from the perspective of not people being victims and understanding, yes, this happened to them and, and teach them the life lessons of how people overcame. Some people didn't, but some people did. Then it will have meaning. But the idea that we're all, you know, we, we just dependent upon other people. We're just victims to everybody else. We have to change that mentality because the answers are within you. And let me tell you, you know, I'm facing, I told you my faith walk, if you've listened to me before, my faith walk is a little intense. I'm trying to do something that is so much bigger than myself and it's not for myself. And it is a challenge. And, you know, sometimes I can be like, just like what I'm that lady that I met, I can get zoned in on one way. And I've learned from myself, my own personal experiences that I have to pause, I have to get somewhere quiet, I have to talk to my God, and I have to let him speak to my heart so that I can begin to see the answers because there may be five solutions to one problem. And when one way isn't working, I don't have to just throw my hands up in the air and give up. And sometimes, you know, it gets frustrating and you get tired and it it gets hard and you deal with disappointment. 
but no, there are other ways. And the only way I'm going to discover those other solutions is if I get quiet and I sit down and I pray and I listen. And that is what most of us don't want to do because that's harder. It's easier to be dependent upon someone else to do something for us. But I learned a long, long time ago, we have to create the things that we want to see in this world. And I mentioned in another episode, I worked with a lady, I have to give her a shout out. This is Jean Hill. She was a social studies teacher at the school where I worked. And I think she was very strategic about this. She had this card and she had little snacks. She had these muffins, she had juice. And it just seemed like the day after we had a faculty meeting, she would roll around with that cart and she would pass out the stuff. And it was just so sweet. It was just something, it was something small, but it was meaningful that someone was recognizing you and just giving you a little something and saying, oh, I, I wanna celebrate your hard work. And I remember saying something to her about what she was doing. And she said, we have to create our own joy. You know, you have to create this joy. You have to make it happen. You you can allow people to project negativity onto you. Or you can just bounce it back. It'd be like a tennis ball. You're going to bounce it right back to them. You're not going to let it settle on yourself, on your side of the court, so to speak. You have to make that decision because the solutions are inside of you. And I hope that this encourages you not to give up if one way or even two ways did not work out. I hope that from this episode, you begin to see that if somebody else doesn't give it to you, you've got to create it for yourself. And even before Tyler, now Tyler Perry is the filmographer and um, the actor the producer, director, Tyler Perry, the media mogul now. I'm using him as a point of reference because he's a public figure. But even before Tyler Perry said this, I know that people said this, but you know, he was talking about if they don't give you a seat at the table, you have to make your own table and chairs. That mentality is the kind of mentality that I learned that I had to have a long time ago. Because I learned it was miserable just waiting on someone to do something for me or I would be so disappointed that someone didn't give me something that I thought I deserved and I would just be miserable and I was like well that that's victimhood if I if I'm only going to have something because somebody else says I could have it then I'll never have anything and I remember one time I was teaching and I'm at some point I got to work on my memoirs. I'm doing a memoir um, about my life as a teacher, my 31 years of service as a public school teacher. And I had this one principal and, you know, later some people and I, we were talking, he was, for lack of a better word, he was vindictive. So like if you, and he was very subtle with it, he was very slick with it. You know, you didn't do something that he wanted you to do, but you didn't have to do. Technically you didn't have to do because it wasn't in your contract or whatever, or it was outside of the normal hours of work, he would find a way to kind of get back at you. And I remember there were two things that he did. One thing was when he came on board, he had every department create a website, which I don't, I think they were totally defunct. I don't even think they ever worked. But I noticed that he never allowed me to have one as a world language teacher, like the world language department didn't have one. And I didn't put two and two together, but he had a meeting in the summertime. This is before school started. 
And I remember, you know, I didn't come. My schedule didn't allow me to come or whatever. And so after I put two and two together, I said, okay, I got it now. But I remember because he did that, at first I was frustrated. I kept saying, you know, we don't have a, the World Language Department doesn't have a, a website and blah, blah, blah. And it never, he never got on it. it nothing ever happened with that. And I didn't get that it was intentional until much later. But because of that, I created my own website. And I knew nothing about building a website. And I had to learn how to build a website. And this is before you had the template websites that you have today. And I had a pretty nice website. I had all kinds of resources on there. And the only reason why I gave it up is because the way I, you know, as a world language teacher, we have accent marks over vowels and letters and I remember that for some reason the website couldn't accommodate that yet they can do it now but back then they could not and so I had a website and I had and it was the best thing because I had all these resources and all I had to do was point but if he had just given me one I would have never learned about websites I would have never had that set up like that and so I was waiting on him to do something for me another thing that he did now I, I didn't know how to handle this but my children, my students, you know, at the end of the year, the seniors always want to be recognized as members of the French Honor Society. And we did a few activities and they wanted to be in the yearbook. And, and whatever the reason, he made sure that they were not in that yearbook. Now, he hurt the children. I could care less because I'm, I'm the kind of person, I don't have to be in anything. I don't have to have public attention. I am totally comfortable being in a place of obscurity and he didn't know that but he thought I think that he was hurting me but really he hurt those children and I was trying to figure out okay what could I do so I had to have my own special celebration for them something really nice a breakfast giving out my own medals and my own awards again you have to be a strategist you have to understand that sometimes in life you're not going to be given what you think you deserve. And technically speaking, and you hear this, and I've heard this many times in my life before, people don't owe you anything. You know, people will say, well, they don't owe you anything. They don't have to do anything for you. And sometimes that's a hard spill to swallow if you're a giver. Like I've, I've been a person that's tried to give. And what I learned about giving, though, is that it always comes back. It may not come back from the people you think it's going to come back from or when you want it to come back. But when you sow seeds of goodness and greatness, they always grow in your garden. And so, but anyway, you know, you've got to be that person that just gives and just comes up with the solutions. And going again, I, I came up with these things because I had to. I, they, you know, if I wasn't given a seat at the table, I had to make a decision. Am I going to cry or am I going to create? And that is what I want to tell you. You can sit around like this lady, you know, and I know she was a beautiful sister, energetic. And I know she never, she probably never had anyone to, to kind of help her, you know, see it this way. She was basically crying about people not teaching particular things in school. But I reminded her, you've got to create that. We have to shift our expectations from being dependent upon other people and being independent and interdependent among each other and build each other and make it happen that way. 
Because if you're sitting around waiting on somebody to give you something or help you do something, it may not ever happen. It may happen, but it may not happen. And so you have to be willing and able to find the answers within yourself because they are there. They are from the Heavenly Father, the one who made the planets, the sun, the moon, and thank him for giving you a working brain. If you are blessed to have a brain that can be used and it is not damaged, give glory and give thanks to God for it because that is how things are created. You know, you just think about, okay, cell phone created by somebody, a person. Google, this platform that I'm using to create this podcast, somebody created this and it came from the same process that I'm telling you. You have to pause, you have to sit down, you have to brainstorm, you have to think. If you can have a think tank with other people, that is beautiful. If you don't, you have to start with yourself because the answers are within you. Be encouraged. If if it's something not happening you want to see happen, you can make it happen. And I'm going to do a podcast on do black lives really matter because (laughs) there are people around here just, you know, I had to learn this the hard way. They're just talking about stuff. That's, That's all they do is they talk. Black lives don't really matter to the people who say black lives matter many times. So what we need are people in our community who are willing to work on the solutions. The solutions are within us. Whatever it is we need, we are going to have to be the ones to come together. There is power in unity, not necessarily uniformity, but unity when we come together and we work together. There is power in that to solve problems. And we need to stop sitting around waiting on someone else to do it because the answers and the solutions are within us. They're in our community. There's the intellectual capital. There is the social capital within our community that we can use to create things to make things better. Things can be better. And I'm just, I don't want to walk around being negative, you know, and being, um, you know, worrying about things. And I, I got a letter from someone that I really love and respect, but she was talking about all the evil in the world. And, you know, normally when people do that, I just, I just say, okay, I just say a little prayer, but no, I had to write her back. Yeah, there's evil in the world. That goes without saying, but there's a lot of good in the world. There is a lot of good, and in fact, there's more good than evil. And if it wasn't, we would just be miserable, and you wouldn't be able to do the the things you do, and I wouldn't be able to do the things I'm doing. If it's that bad, it's bad, but it's not that bad. We have to shift our focus on the solutions, what is good, what is right, what is light. And if you need something or want to see something in the world, you make it happen not make excuses like that lady beautiful sister I had to kind of steer her there because when she left she was still I said no you're an agent of change and I had I put on my teacher hat she had to repeat that I am an agent of change you got we have to be the agent of change so this is one of those episodes where I'm sharing something that I know is harder done than said it's easy to talk about problems and 
walk down the street and protest and be on talk shows talking about the issues and and what's wrong. It's harder to put solutions in place where there is actual action in regard in, in in response to that problem there is actually a solution being implemented not talked about and if you're looking for something to do let me tell you because i'm in a space where i've said this before and i have to say it again i have seen a lot of brokenness but i've seen a lot of beauty but because of the position that i'm in the window that i have i can tell you that we need foot soldiers we need you know we need a mental health center We need a drug rehabilitation center. We do need a place, some kind of educational or academic center where people can come and learn something and take a class and, you know, and learn about how to start a business or learn about how to create something. Other people are creating while we are crying. Well, some of us, I'm not, some of us are crying. You got to be a creator and not a crier. And that's what this podcast was all about. Well, again, peace and abundant blessings to you. Don't forget, you can email me at badthoughttherapy at gmail.com if you have a question, comment, or you would like to be a guest on my show. I would really appreciate that. May you have a beautiful, beautiful day. I'm Cherie Hart. Take care.